God, our Heavenly Father, full of grace and mercy, Almighty God, you are above all principalities, Lord. You are the giver of life, and you have preserved us unto this day. It is our greatest honor, Lord, to stand in your presence, Father, remembering, Lord, that we are sinful men. We come before thee with lots of shortcomings, Lord. Lots of falterings, Almighty God. Father, we sometimes think or do things that are outside of your will. But as we come before thee this morning, Father, we realize that you have again accorded us some grace, Lord, to meet with thee. And that you will address us, Lord to help us to be channeled in our faith in the right things, Lord. We thank you for this privilege once again. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, above all things, for thy love. I would pray, Heavenly Father, this morning, that if there be some whose hearts have not been given unto thee, O God, for a full service, I would pray, Heavenly Father, that your grace be sufficient for them, Lord. Almighty God, even as we pray, Father, that we realize even as we stand before your children that we are insufficient in every way. Father, we cannot help ourselves. We cannot help others. Father, we find ourselves failing, O oh God, in the little natural things, Lord. How much more the spiritual things, Lord. We would ask, Heavenly Father, that the grace of God be sufficient for each and every one of us. Amen. The grace of God be sufficient for every congregation that is gathered this morning. May the grace of God indeed, Father, be sufficient for me as I stand before the congregation of your people. And I ask for the blood of Jesus Christ, Lord, to cover us, Lord, and cleanse us of all our sin. Father, as I commit 
even the service in oppressions ends, the reading of the word we commit it unto thee, Lord. And everything that shall proceed thereafter, Lord, let it be to thy praise, Lord. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, Father, I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Amen. Before we take our seats, we are going to open our Bibles in the book of uh, Genesis. Genesis chapter 50 from verse 15. Worry, we are not rushing anyway. Open your Bibles. I will wait for you until you are there. Amen. Amen. Don't bring a phone to church and you say, I've got a Bible. You don't have a Bible. A Bible is a Bible. A phone is a phone. Keep those two things separate. A Bible is a Bible. A phone is a phone. Amen. You cannot do WhatsApp with your Bible. You cannot go on Facebook with your Bible. But you can read your Bible as a Bible. So your Bible is a Bible. Your phone is your phone. Amen. Because the devil is very clever. He gives you a phone instead of a Bible. Then you want to open the scriptures, he puts a WhatsApp there. But when you are reading your Bible, there is no WhatsApp that will go in. He's very clever. He's, very, he's a cunning creature. You must be very careful to handle him in the very best way. Amen. Okay, fine. There is the scripture, and I think all the Bibles are open for those that have them. Those that do not have, we still have Kingstones and all those other places where they sell the books. You go and get one for yourself. And when Joseph's brethren and uh, saw that, when Joseph... And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. I want you to take notice of that. This is a very common thing that happens with human beings. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph saying, Thy father did command before he died. That was a lie. Saying, so shall he say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive. You see, the, 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 the language has changed because it's their way of addressing Joseph. They don't say, the father said, they are putting we, but the father could not have not called himself we. You see, that's how you, you get lost sometimes if you want to lie. You start by saying the brother said, actually I, you put in I when you are saying the brother said. They say the father strictly charged us, he said this, and then here they say, now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the, the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I am, in the, am I in the place of God. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, 
but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones, and he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Remember, these people were trying to lie to these men. They are now realizing that they are standing in a very awkward place. They want forgiveness from these men. And these men respected his father. So the only way, let's tell him, his father charged us strictly that you forgive us. Amen. Let's take another scripture. The third one we'll read when we are seated. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, you have to get to verse 21. You have heard that it was said by them of all time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause, which means there is, there is sometimes when you can have a cause to be angry. Even God himself gets angry. When you get to God, sometimes he says his wrath was kindled against his people. Wrath is above anger. If you go and check it with your dictionary, wrath is multiplied anger. That's the simplest, simple way I can put it. Amen. But go and check it with your dictionary. If you check wrath and anger, they are not on the same level. So God also gets angry. But you should not get angry with your brother without a cause. He that does that shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, this word is of a Greek origin, they say, and, uh, but the meaning is traced from an Aramaic uh, uh, use. It was well spoken in Aramaic, but it's Reka in, in, in Greek, which means fool Shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say, thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Don't say to a brother, you don't have brain. You see, this brother does not think. When you get, get to the word reka, it means empty-headed. You are in danger of hellfire if you say that to your brother. You must read scriptures, eh? Well, before you do certain things, you must check yourself with the word, and then you say, I almost wanted to say rakab. There's a scripture before me. Because it will be in danger of hellfire. We don't know how, how if you say it, we don't know how, what will help you to come out of the, the danger of the hellfire. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath, hath an ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. Amen. Amen. How many of us do pray when they have an altar against a brother? 
and they are still thinking it's the brother who's at fault. It's your brother who's got an oath against you, and you must be the one to leave the altar, not the brother that got an oath against you. You that realize that my brother has faltered against me, you go to that brother. This is what the Bible, but most of the believers, they expect the brother that is faltered to come to them. If they don't come, they won't speak to them. And then they can come to the altar and kneel down and pray. Ask for a blessing from God. My message this morning is forgiveness. When you talk about forgiveness. You can sit and enjoy your seats for the next one hour, 30 minutes or so. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 to 32. I will explain why certain messages like this should come to you because I also got an understanding from God. I was actually going to bring something different. I thought of following the thought that the pastor was bringing on predestination. Then I just wrote a title of a message and I left it. Then everything vanished Then I, I, I left everything until I came back to this message. Amen. So I'm truthfully believing that it will help someone this morning. It might not help the whole church. Maybe you might get help by matter of understanding that there is forgiveness. But there is definitely going to be someone that will use this channel to be blessed by God. Amen. Amen. And, and, and someone is going to be let loose of their uh, bonds. Amen. Because there is there's, there's a bondage with it when you don't forgive or when you are not forgiven. Matthew, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 to 32. Are you there? Yes. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Amen. 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 That's my third scripture that I, I, I just read. So, uh, I'll say a few things before we, we preach. I was not even expecting that the pastor would call me to say I should come and preach. And it's not my expectation to be preaching oftentimes. Amen. Amen. And I will say it and I will keep on saying it. Even if I don't do anything, I'm not a man of the pulpit. I'm a man of the jungle. Amen. Amen. I'm specifically uh, fashioned and destined for the jungle. Amen. Amen. So one day if you meet me in those jungles of Africa, you will understand me better. I'm not specifically meant for the pulpit. Amen. Amen. In a church where there is believers, I'm not very much comfortable there. But if they can be any use, according to how the pastor feels, I'll always come to the pulpit as he feels, not as I feel. Amen. I'm not denying that I should be preaching to you, but I don't know how it works. Maybe God wants that other aspect of it on the pulpit, but definitely it's not meant for the pulpit. Amen. That is me. And you must know me like that. So if you see some other things going wayward, 
You must know that hey, the brother is thinking he's in the jungle now. And forgive me for that. Amen. Right, we are going to look at forgiveness. I am so thankful that the pastor will have this opportunity to have me come again and address the church. There is something that people should always remember and put in their minds, that once we are saved and we come here as believers, we are not uh, just to be a board of believers. We are heading to uh, eternity. Amen. So it is very difficult to address eternal creatures. Amen. It is very difficult to address people who have been taken out of amnesia and they realize who they are. You can't lie to those people. So you definitely have got to know what, what recipe to bring for, for the food on the table. Amen. That's, that's the most difficult part. And I've got a very good uh, message to all the preachers, including myself, that I often find this lack of wisdom. That when the pastor, maybe say for instance, pastor with the likes of our, some of our pastors in Zimbabwe, they passed away, you start to see politics. People, their ears are like this, and there's fractions and cliques and clans. But the humility that we always come to the pulpit with, I always wonder, when there's no pastor, where does that thing go to? Is it of the Holy Ghost or is it of our own making? Is it of a, a, a customary way of approach or is it of the Holy Ghost? I'm still wondering and I'm praying for that. If now I come humbly before you and when the pastor is not here, why would I not be humble? Like I always used to be. It's still something that I'm still wondering and we have to pray for our churches for that. And it's attacking ministers mostly. Yes, why, why if the pastor is not there, there they should be a split, Why? Why? Because people don't forgive one another. They will be holding on to grudges. Now because the pastor was stealing down everything, he's not there, then the brother finds a way to usher out his own feelings and his own understanding. Amen. Amen. It's because of that thing that I'm, talk, I'm going to talk about. Amen. Now, uh, I'm still wondering, but I'm praying about it. I have to share it with the church because it's a burden that I have upon my heart. If you ask me to pray right now, that's the thing that I will pray for. Amen. I'm so thankful I see my friend, Brother Teddy. God bless you, Brother Teddy, and your wife. Amen. From Peter uh, It's been quite a long time since I've been in Peter Amen. You must forgive me for that. Amen. Forgive me for not coming to see you in fellowship. So, forgiveness. Now, we see we've got brothers on Genesis chapter 50. They are thinking with a humanistic way of thinking. Now, our father, because they were in the comfort of their father, now Joseph could not do anything. And they did evil to this man. And they still remember, we did evil to Joseph. Now the father is dead. We have to come up with a plan. Brother, if you are that kind of a brother, that if a brother is aid in some way and done something evil to you, he has got to come up with a plan to come to you. You are not saved. Just, just definitely know that you are not saved. A brother has to climb a mountain to reach up to you. As if he's going up to God. That is why Joseph said, am I in the place of God? For you to be doing all this. But when you come to God, you have to find a way. 
Is he going to accept me with all this? And you also do the same to your brother, who's a sinner like unto you. I fail to understand it there. Because I see brothers trying to devise a plan to approach a, a man who's almost in the same level with them. How are we going to tell him this story? Let's say our father charged us to say that you must forgive us. But before they finish the statement, they say, we, you must forgive. We are asking you to forgive us. They already put themselves in there, but they are saying it's the father. No. So now, if they say it is the father, then it means they are not prepared to ask for forgiveness. When a brother is devising a plan to be forgiven, brother, when you have made a mistake and you have done a sin, don't try to perfect it. Or don't try to narrate it in a certain way that the brother should understand. We don't have to understand sin, brother. Sin is sin. One brother said, brother, a, a brother stole, uh, he stole keto that we're drinking a scotch cut and there was maize in, full in that scotch cut. And he was holding a, a small rope pulling the, the whole thing. The kettle are following him. They are pulling a scotch cut. It's got maize inside. Now this man is holding a rope. When he came to the pastor, he said, Pastor, I'm, I've got a sin that I committed. I stole a rope. I said, ah, no, your story, brother, I don't understand. You stole a rope, just a rope. Go and put it back. The man said, no, but you see, brother, the, the rope was tied to, to the yoke. You see, you don't have to come with installments if you are coming to God. Because you won't get forgiveness. You must just say, brother, I am the one who stole your scotch cart with your kettle. Whilst they were yoked and they just pulled them with the rope. Put the rope at the end. When you commit adultery, brother, don't try to say, no, I was in a relationship with, with a certain sister. No, tell us exactly. I committed adultery. Then we know from the adultery we had a relationship. That is what drove you to this thing. Yes, brother. Clearly like that. Don't try to hide and run. God knows exactly where you are standing. You'll be wasting your time to try and dodge around and beat about the bush. He saved you before you were even desiring to be saved. So if you have committed any sin, why would you be afraid to say, brother, that sin, God, that sinner that you saved before he even knew that he was a sinner, is back again with this kind of a sin. He knows that package. He died for that whole package from the day you were born until the day you leave this world. He died for all that. Then if it is like that with God, why would it be so much difficult for you to go and approach your brother if you have folded? You have done something wrong against your brother. It's very simple, brother. I'm very sorry. You know that way that I said, I, I thought about it. It was not nice. I, I think maybe you just took it uh, no, for granted that I think maybe the brother is just a slip of a tongue. But when I thought about it, brother, even if the brother is not thinking about it, but I'm thinking about it. What do you think I'll, I'll be having when I'm sitting at the back? Then I see Mavagasa is dancing and I say, hey, that brother is rejoicing, but I did something wrong to him. And in the meantime, the brother is rejoicing. He's not even thinking about it. That is where you find things like root of bitterness. It, it springs up from unforgiven sins and unconfessed sins. Once a brother knows that this brother is even being stubborn, he doesn't even want to come, and the brother also says, okay, when he comes is when I meet him. It's like that, and then you sit there, and the brother sits there. 
You think the spirit that will be around the two of these brothers will affect the whole church? Until Brother Ram says, even in unconfessed sin, it will go further to affect the healing of another person. Someone that don't have even anything to do with that sin. When they are asking for their healing from God, because one of the congregants has got something unconfessed, because they are fearing they have to be forgiven. But once you come to this line, you cannot be forgiven without asking for the forgiveness. So the part that makes people stay with their sins is because they don't want to ask for it. But they can ask for a car from God. They can ask for money. They want to be billionaires with unforgiven sins. They want to be rich, but their sins are not forgiven. They want to go to a church where the preacher says, you are all going to be blessed. Hallelujah. I shower you with blessings. Glory, glory, rakashanda, rakashanda. <laughs> then they say church is going on. But they are not even forgiven of their sins. Brother Brennan, in the message uh, fellowship, he says, the greatest miracle that can ever happen to a man is not the healing of your body. And I've been watching wherever Brother Brunham was praying for forgiveness. He coupled it with the healing of the body. He says, may you, Lord, forgive us of our sins and the healing of our bodies. What does it tell us? When people are sick, sometimes you get sick because you've got something that is inside of you. It makes you sick, but you'll never know that because I didn't forgive this brother. That is why I'm sick. Because I didn't confess this thing to this brother. That is why I'm sick. Some of the sicknesses that you ask the pastors to pray for you, some of the sicknesses that you ask the doctors to attend, they are, you are wasting their time. Because healing starts in the house of God. The healing of your soul. The healing of your spirit. The healing of your body. Now, God cannot heal your soul and heal your spirit and leave the body. So when the body is sick, it is failing to comprehend the work that God has done inside. Brother, if my soul is saved, I, I normally tell my wife, I don't have a secret. Yes, why should I keep a secret? Because it is, some of those secrets are the secrets that when you find the brother is keeping it as a secret, because he's got a girlfriend, then it's a secret. That's not a secret, brother. Because when you go to your girlfriend, there's other people seeing you there not a secret. But you, when you go to your wife, you think it's a secret. <laughs> then every time that thing is eating you, you know, you're trying to hide it, that your wife must not know. Until even when a friend comes and tells your wife that, do you know what your husband is doing? You say, no, my husband doesn't do those things. He, she even believes you, even in that mess. Then afterwards, when the wife finds out that something is wrong, man, then she's asking, then you start lying. You start lying. When you lie, you are eating on top of that sin. Now you are a liar. And an adulterer too. And the devil is topping up the list. Now one day when your wife becomes aggressive, you say, no, I'm going to face up to it. I want my husband to tell me the honest truth. You want to beat her. You are angry. If you read in the book of Peter, it says, we husbands, when we go to God to pray, 
so that God can answer our prayers. We must first make sure that our wives are not bitter. Amen. I'm touching these husbands now. Ooh. Brother, if you pray and your wife is, is, not, is bitter, God does not hear that prayer. He is not even attending to it. He is not, because God separately addressed the issue of a husband and a wife. And he goes to address an issue about a brother and a brother. If you go to the altar, Mafagas, and you remember that, hey, I've got an issue with Borel. Don't say, I will pray, then I'll sort it out. No, the Bible says, stop praying, go sort it out, and come back. Amen. Why? Because when you come back and things are sorted, then your answer is ready on the altar of God. Amen. Then what happens to the opposite? When you pray and you want to sort it out later, you know what will happen? When you pray and you want to sort it out later, you will say, I've prayed about it. No, it's sorted. <laughs> the devil knows exactly what he's going to do with that. You pray and you want to sort it out later. Then you pray, then you say, but I've prayed. I've sorted it. Remember, forgiveness has got two things behind it. You have to repent. You know, a man that has repented, you will never tell this man has repented. You can't tell that this man is repented. It's happening inside. Godly sorrow is eating that man. I, 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 I regret having been in this kind of a sin. Something is eating him inside. He is not settled. He's not happy. Then he has to confess it. Some of the believers are not forgiven because they have not confessed their sins. As I'm speaking right now to this congregation, not in America, in Emalachen, there is people who say, this, I will die with it. Then die. If you want to die with it, die. You are already dead. You are not living. You are dead. She that liveth in pleasure, while she liveth, she is already dead. So you can't tell us, I'm going to die with it as if now you are living. You are already dead. You can only tell us, I want to continue dying. I want to continue in my grave. Who would rather understand that one? Because don't tell us you are living when you are already dead. If you live in pleasure and you are still alive, you are dead. But the mountain is here now. You have to climb the mountain to go and confess. Brother, what? If I steal your phone, I don't go to the pastor. Why should I go to the pastor when the phone belongs to you? You see how clandestine the believers are. They go around there and then they know the men of God don't, don't unleash secrets. Because that's his office. He's not supposed to tell anyone what I did and what this brother did. Then what, what's going to be the whole church? So he keeps everyone his package. And God, after some time, he makes them forget about it. Because they've prayed about it. You are healed out of it. And nobody remembers your sins. Even God doesn't remember them. Why should the pastor remember them? But the man, because he knows, now I've got brother what's phone. Hey, as a brother and I've been preaching here, I can't even tell him, brother, I'm the one who did that thing. You see, I still have got a weakness to steal. Then the brother said, but why were you helping us with the word, preaching, and you are stealing? Brother, what, how do you combine the two? Then I say, no, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to see the pastor. You pray for me. But you are going to see the pastor. He will pray for you. But brother, what? He still wants his phone. What are you going to do about that phone? Before you go to the pastor, you go to brother what? We are teaching you church. Sometimes we have to teach you how to attack the devil. Fighting. Sometimes we have to teach you how to have the right morals of a believer. 
They keep the devil away. And sometimes we have to teach you how to have the conduct with God. Just to communicate with him. We are not fighting with the devil. You are not around unbelievers. You are just you and God. You must know how to do those things. That is why we preach the word. Today I'm going to teach you one of these things. This one is, 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 is holding a lot of... It's like a pivotal uh, point where you find God, men, and everything there. Even unbelievers are there. Don't say I'm at work. I don't forgive my boss. Boss is an unbeliever. Where do you find the scripture like that? <laughs> if you have done something wrong and your boss is coming to you say you were not supposed to do this, there's something that must quickly come out of your mouth. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry I didn't watch it that way. I was not looking at it that way. Sorry, say I'm very sorry. You will hear your boss say, this is, all, this is what I like about suppose He doesn't waste time when he's guilty. He has, people don't want arguing. Especially managers, they don't want to argue, argue, argue. You argue when you are wrong. You only argue when you vote fakes. Yeah, if you've got facts, you can argue. Amen. Then they will say, yeah, he's got a point. They won't even see anything wrong with you because we've got facts. Put the facts on the table if you want to argue. Don't just argue because you are wrong. If you are wrong, you are wrong. There's no need to argue. You ask for forgiveness. Yes. Even at work, brother, you get promotion because you know how to address forgiveness. Some bosses can't even say to their workers, don't do it again. They would rather fire than to say, don't do it again. Because when you say don't, it, don't do it again, it means you are giving room for that man to try again. If you are a boss and you keep threatening your workers by firing them, you are not a boss. You are not, you are not, you are not like me. I don't want to see you in the office where, at least if they say, those that are bosses at work come here, managers, I mean those high ranks. If I see you there, I will chase you out. Yeah. How chase you out? You must have some certain degree of handling matters. Until even your workmates, your workers, all your subordinates, they, they will trust in you. They, they, will, they will bang on you. They will even send, stand aside and say, no, 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 not with this man. Amen. They can even do a strike because they, they hate that they want, you want to be fired. The whole company goes on strike. Not with our manager. You are in the company because of your morals. But the morals are not the company itself. It's you. If, if, if you are a boss at work and, and you, 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 those people that are working for you, they can describe you as being cruel. There's something wrong with you. And you are a believer. Eh? You are a believer. Remember the prodigal son, what he said. We are rich in our family. You know what he opted to do when he said, I've faltered, I've made mistake, I, I, I've done wrong to my father. You know what he said to himself? To himself, not to anyone, not to the pigs, to himself. He was repenting that man. But he had not confessed. When he came to his father, he confessed exactly what was inside of his heart. He aired out. A-I-R, not aid out as in wayfaring, no. Just going aside and trying other things, no. Airing out, he poured it out to his father to say, I'm not even worthy to be your son. 
I would rather be your servant. He knew even servants have got benefits in my father's house. And I'm eating with pigs here. If I go and just become one of the servants, I will still be fine. Some of you will say, no, if you go to a brother, you know what, and you, you kind of like bow down yourself. No, that's not man enough. That's man enough, brother. That's being man enough. You can bow down. The way up is the way down. If you read the spoken word, the way up is the way Go down on your knees. Go down before your brother. And if that brother don't have God in him, you know what most Christians do? So-called Christians, not the real ones. So-called Christians. When a brother comes and he's trying to say, brother, I'm wrong in this thing. I did wrong to you. Yeah, so you knew about it, eh? You knew about it. Now you're saying it, eh? You're saying it. You are again hitting your brother. Brother Abraham said, don't shove him further down. He's already down, this man. You're shoving him further down. Now if you shove him further down, he's on the ground already. It means you have made a pity for him. You are digging with a shovel, you are digging with a pick, and then you make a hole, and then you are shoving. That, that is only when, the only way you can shove a man further down. How can he go down when he's, there's no hole in there? You make a hole first. Then you shove him further down because you want to cover him with the sand. Away with this one. But God doesn't deal with us in that manner. God doesn't handle us in that way. When God is looking at us, he has already even forgiven some of the brothers out there who have not even realized that they are sons of God, of God, sons and daughters of God. They are still going to come someday later. But their sin is already forgiven. How much, how much more of you who is in church? You keep your sin whilst you are already in, the, in the, that room where God has already forgiven you. And you have realized that I've been forgiven. And you keep going on with your sin. I will show you what sin can do. Number one, sin, Brother Benham says, prayer is the most powerful weapon that has ever been handed to mankind. Mankind meaning anyone who can just kneel down and pray, God will hear them. It's a weapon that anyone can use. Mankind does not mean a believer. Mankind is mankind. We have to put the right terminologies on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the spot. Mankind does not mean a believer. Mankind is mankind. Color, creed, whatever. Mankind. Anyone, if they are in a strait and they pray, rather God will hear them. Without even being saved. But when they just realize I have to kneel down and pray and owe it up to God, even if the other sins are not forgiven, but this time they have decided to pray. God will hear. But to a believer, if you come here, I'm, I'm, I'm putting a platform across the board. You are in the world. You just pray. Things are not right. You just pray God hears you. You become a believer. You do something wrong. You don't confess it. You want to pray. God says, no, I won't hear it. I'm not going to hear it. Go back to your brother first. What is he trying to show us? Because when you do that, you are distancing yourself from your brother. When another brother sees that, maybe he's a friend to Mafagaza, he says, oh, boy, this is how he treats Mafagaza. Then there's another faction of another brother supporting this one. Then this one says, oh, this is how you treat Borerwe, eh? Okay, you can't do this with my friend. Then what do we end up having? You have fights in the church. And those people will be fighting without telling each other we are fighting. And they still want to come to church and pray. And expect God to hear their prayers. God says, I won't hear that. 
That is why he is coming in church to teach us this way. Because we have got to have certain degree of morals of handling our matters before God. We are the kind of people, brother Chetty, that if I begin to pray for the world, it will be healed because I prayed for them. We are the right kind of people that can pray for the sins of the world and they can be forgiven. We can do that. So God is expecting us to be of a higher degree to be able to perform that. We are that kind of people that if we ask that God, may you forgive these people, they will be forgiven. How how can they be forgiven when you don't forgive one another? And how can your prayer for forgiveness of others in the world who have not known God be heard in the presence of God when you cannot forgive your brother? Eh? It's tough. Prayer, if it's the most powerful weapon, but there's something most powerful behind prayer. If you don't forgive, your prayer is nullified. As powerful as that weapon is before God, and he's the one who handed it down to mankind. To a believer, he's saying it's nullified, it won't work if you don't forgive. Amen. How many times have you called your brother Raka? Let's come back to that one of Matthew. Ah, Lord, Lord. He doesn't have brains, he doesn't think. Oh, so who thinks? You. (laughs) By telling your brother he doesn't think, you don't also think. Because if you had thought wise, you would not say that to your brother. If your brains are sharper than your brother's, then you cannot tell him he is a fool. Help him out from his foolishness. Make him wise like yourself. Brother, you can help me. I want a quotation from uh... Now there's something I'm going to touch and I'll read a quotation for that. All sins that you commit against your brother, they are all going to be forgiven on the basis of your confession. Don't try to batter your brother. Just go there, frank enough. Brother, I'm very sorry. It's a very difficult word, very short and precise, but very difficult to... My my wife normally says, hey, brothers, sometimes they have difficult to say sorry. They would rather say, I'm sorry. (laughs) They really don't want to make it sorry. I'm sorry. So we make make those kind of jokes when we are at home, but... I have to keep myself yielded to this message because I was not even going this line. I'm, I'm in the book of Joshua now. I'm, 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 I'm battling and wrestling and fighting. And I'm fighting to possess. So I'm in the book of Joshua. I told my wife, when I'm done with the book of Joshua, I'm going to the book of Ephesians. Because it's a parallel of it. Then I will finish up with my stories. And I promised her, when I'm done with these two books, you have to see where I'll be standing. Every book that you read in the Bible has got an anointing behind it. Amen. Amen. So when we come to forgiveness, we've got certain chapters that we've got to read until at the end of the service, every heart must be ready to forgive anyone. Every Christian must be ready to forgive. You forgive your brother before they even do anything wrong. (laughs) 
Some of you are finding it very difficult. Do you think I can forgive my husband with all these things that he did to me? To me, as if you are God. To me, the me's. I don't know on the, on the notes with the musicians, where do you put it? Do, re, mi, fa, ti, do. Me. He's eh? hitting that high note. And when they see that there's something not right, they, me as a daughter of God. Uh, 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 uh. Sister, let me help you on that one. You can forgive anyone. There's parents that cannot even forgive their children. Until even the lashing, you can see this kind of beating of a child. There's no forgiveness in this thing. They are ready to kill the child and to discipline. Amen. Until if we, we, if we want to change the tables and to say the child must be to the very same way, you say, no, 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 it's too much. Then if it's too much, don't do it on your child. You can't treat, you can't uh, discipline your child with bitterness of heart. You must tell them, I'm going to hit you now. Because I told you several times about this thing. Now we are coming close to that thing there. Me and Sharon, we normally play around with those things. We talk about it. You see what you are doing now? We are going to that spare bedroom now. She said, no, 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 not the spare bedroom. So if you are not going to the spare bedroom, what do we do? I'm going to do it right there. Fine, do it right. Then we go along like that. Spare bedroom or it's done right. But when was the last time we visited the spare bedroom? It was just once when I went in there and told her, I'm going to eat you for this thing. And if you keep on doing this thing, I'm going to visit this room again with this kind of, and the door closed, so that mama won't hear any noise. She won't like that noise. But just once, and then the, other, the rest of the time I'm talking about it. Because I love her, I don't want her to do the wrong things. I don't love beating her. When I'm even, the time I beat her, I was even almost crying myself that I, I should not beat her. But I have to do it. Then it has to work all the time. But when you see the mother, every time, anything that is close, you are bitter. You are not disciplining your child. And the child is going to be angry with you. You don't think, don't think you are the only one that gets angry. Even your children get angry. Then if a child is angry, what do you expect them to do? Someone else somewhere by the corner, they will comfort them. Then when you are not there, they are that, just by that corner. They, they get all the comfort from there. Then they come with the drugs also from there. They think everything is fine by this family here next door because they comfort me and my dad doesn't treat me like this. Even their drugs are fine too. They won't learn to how to split the, the difference. Because they cannot be so nice and partake of drugs. It means drugs are good. Then they come with the drugs, drunk one day and they are with the anya open, then you just find your son like, For two hours, eh? <laughs> See something wrong with my son, eh? You caused it yourself because it started by that root of bitterness. You had to treat your you disciplined your son to an to a point where they were angry with you. They cannot take any advice from you. They can't even hear any word of advice from you. Ah, he's saying this, but the way he beat me that day, I don't think he's meaning it. Even if I do it, he's still gonna beat me. When, when your child has performed something good, learn to say thank you. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Brother what? What's wrong with that? 
Your little one just, just brings you a cup of glass of water. Thank you, honey. Thank you, sweetie. What's wrong with that? You know, they will, they will bring ten, ten glasses of water and you just want one. They are, they are ready to bring ten of them. You know, the way we raise our children is the very way that they are going to project their character in the world. Exactly what you tell them in the, in the home is what they are going to project outside there. Amen. I said not all sins. All sins are going to be forgiven, but there's only one. So, I want to say something there. There's only one sin that will never be forgiven. And it is a sin of blasphemy, not against your brother, but against the Holy Ghost. So if you don't forgive your brother, you are putting yourself in the place of God. Only a sin against the Holy Ghost is the one that cannot be forgiven in this world and the world to come. So if my brother trespasses against me 70 times, 7 times, (laughs) it's not a sin of blasphemy. Because I'm not the Holy Ghost. I'm just your brother. But you have to learn to split the difference there. If a brother does something inspired by the Holy Ghost and you say a word against it, it's something different. It's not the brother. The brother has been inspired by the It's the Holy Ghost that works in the brother. Amen. Learn to split those things. And if a brother would say something naturally as a man, he just used to say, ah, forsake and ah, forsake But you say, but, but, but the brother cannot say it this way. Ah, brother, I'm bored to the core. You, you can call whatever you want to call me. Another brother did that. I'm, doing exactly, I'm telling exactly what I meant. I had to go and resolve two brothers. The other brother was saying, even if you're bored, you can even go and report it to the police. Then I said, brother, you want a brother to go and report you to the police? Can I read scriptures for you? He didn't even want the Bible open. Brother, we battled the whole day until we had to calm him down. There's also unbelievers there. and It was very pathetic. No, certain things that we say before unbelievers. To your brother, and there's an unbeliever there. We are sending a message to them. You are actually telling them, don't repent. Eh? This is what we do at home. This is how we handle each other. Eh? So if you come, you are joining this. This is our league. That man is just shaking his head. I wanted to be a believer. One day I was considering Christian, but these two brothers. What does it mean to forgive your brother when he has faltered 70 times, 7 times? Some of you say, the third time your brother is sinning against you, you say, ah, but it's the third time he's doing it. It's not even up to seven. Not even ten. Not even seventy-seven. Seventy-seven times seven. What do you come up with? And what did he say? Your master told us. We, the preachers, we bring it to you. The book is for you. Whatever is in this book, every promise in the book is mine. So when it comes to forgiveness, it's also yours. When your brother falters against you, say 20 times, 7 times, it doesn't mean that you must be counting. No. It means that you must always be ready to forgive your brother. No matter what. 
But brother, he borrowed me last time. He didn't bring the money. Who are you expecting to help that brother? You think that brother must be in debt because of you? I've got lots of dead, bad debts that were written off because of brothers. I see a brother is coming early to church. He leaves early. He comes early. He leaves early. He's not very punctual, that brother. He's thinking of what he owes brother Chetty. So he knows what time brother Chetty comes to church. So by the time brother Chetty comes, he must find him in church so that they can not talk about that thing. When the service is just about to end, the man is already there as if he's going to the toilet. He's gone. Brother Chetty can't find him. Because the only place where they meet is church. What have you done to that soul? I told the one brother, I said, brother, if the rapture happens tomorrow, do you know what will happen? You and me will not go in. Because why? I have failed to address the thing that is making you to behave this way. And you have failed to own up to what you owe to me. So I had to write off that debt. You don't owe me, brother, anything. Start afresh. That brother was always coming to me. Every time he comes to me, my example I'm giving was, you know, brother, it's very difficult to borrow a brother and he's coming to ask for money. He was betting to say, why every time when I'm coming to ask money from this brother, it's the only time he gives that example. I was doing it unconsciously. I didn't know about it. I didn't know what's inside this man that he wants to ask for money right now. So when I'm talking with these brothers, then they, this brother comes, then, you know what, it's like brother, when a brother borrows money. That's why I don't want to borrow money to a brother. I've kept it as a principle. I don't want to borrow money to a brother. If you want a hundred thousand, I've got ten rand, I'll give you ten rand. That's what I have, brother. Be ready to give to every man that asketh of thee. Is it biblical? Don't tell your brother I don't have when you have it by your side. Just give if you have something to give. The brother is asking for bread, but you can give him flour if you have. Go make bread, my brother. Do you have sugar? I've got 10 kg, I can give you a 2 kg of flour and 2 kg of sugar. Then you can make bread instead of buying the bread. Because I don't have the money to buy the bread. Amen. Yes, some of you say the brother is asking for 10 rand to buy bread, so I cannot help him because I don't have the 10 rand. Sorted, I don't have 10 rand. You are begrudging your brother. And if you give, you are giving him begrudgingly. And there's no blessing in that. And some of us give, but they are not blessed. You, don't, you have to look for options. This brother is looking for, for, for transport. But I've got a car that has got petrol. Eh? He wants money to go to his house. I can take him to his house. My petrol is enough to take him to his house and to also cover me when I get to my place. When he asks for 10 rand, don't just strictly stick to that 10 rand. You can make other options. Still help your brother. Because this brother will stay without debts. He's going to borrow 10 rand and fail to pay the 10 rand. Then he can't come to church because he owes 10 rand. Then he fails to go in the rapture because of 10 rand. Then you go to heaven expecting to see your brother. Then he's not there because of 10 rand. And you benefited the 10 rand and you are in heaven. I wouldn't want to come to such cheap religion. Long time I denied it. Because it's an act of the devil. When the devil comes to, to church, he's looking for loopholes. He's not looking for what you are best in. He's looking for loopholes. He's pointing to your brother. You know this brother? He's not, he's not genuine. This brother is not good. You know this man? 
So you start following his channel. You see, he's driving you to some point where you will have no heart and no love for anyone. Then when you are like that, you can't even forgive anyone. Then if you can't forgive anyone, you, God can't answer any one of your prayers. Because maybe because he knows you are a prayer warrior in that church, you are the one that can only stay on, the, on your knees longer than the rest of them all. And you are able to pray for each and every one of them with a good memo to remember everything that needs prayer in that church, which no one else can do. So he starts putting condemnation in your heart because there is something not forgiven behind it. So when you have got condemnation, the Bible says, if your heart condemns you, you have no confidence towards God. How much more if you don't have confidence? How much more God himself? Will he have confidence in you? You can't have confidence to go to God. Will he have confidence to come to you? He says, draw nigh unto me, and I will draw nigh unto? It's a reciprocal action. He, you come to God, he comes to? So if you come with a condemned heart, already you are already failing, and the devil is folding his arms, he says, are you going to church now today, brother? With that thing, with that message of yours, what do you say to your brother? Mm-hmm. He already knows what's going to happen. You go to church, God will not hear you. He is done, he's finished with you. You must tell that devil, hey, I'm going to start with my brother. When I go to church, when I meet my brother, I will speak to my brother first. Sort out all that mess and then come to God. Then you, devil, you find your place. When I do that, you will find your place. Because he's there. He's an adversary. He's coming before God with accusations. So what do you think when he comes to church, what is he looking for? What can I accuse today? Which sister has got a problem with another sister here? This is what the devil is doing right now. Right now he's doing his business. Which one hates what? How much can I multiply that hatred? Who doesn't like who? And the God bless you line, hey man, they must just scatter, man. They must not do that. But in that line, brother, you are greeting everyone. Eh? It sorts out some matters. I like that line very well. You are greeting everyone. Then you come to the brother that you don't like. Yeah, God bless. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> you don't do it nicely. And with the other brother, when you come to another brother, God bless you, brother. God bless you, man. God bless you, Muhammad. <laughs> if it's like me in Mafakasa, with a hug. I must be ready. I, you have to, we, have to, we have to be fair, brothers. There's people that you, you just feel like you are, you, you are attached to them. Eh? And then we cannot deny that. It's like that naturally. But I must be prepared to give that hug to any brother. Even if I give it too much to Mavakasa, because you know almost, me and Mavakasa, maybe, we just click and we are jumping and we are doing everything. Eh? That's what we are, you know, at these two when they meet. You, you even know us. But when, when another brother comes, the way I give this brother a hug with that love, it must still be the same. Even if he knows that I'm not really in good books, with, I don't stay normally close to him often. We are not the same, brother. Otherwise, maybe we stay together. Then I tell you, brother, I don't want to be with you the rest of my life. Eh? God knows. You have got your own friend, the one that clicks with you more, but not to make a, a clan of your own. But be, make it on an average. You've got, you've got your friend. I cannot force you to, to make friends with me. I can't force you. Because there's likes and dislikes. Those things come natural. We, 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 we don't choose those things. But when, when I give Brother Mafakasa that strong hug, when Brother Chetty comes with that strong hug, I must feel it as well. Even if I don't stay 
10 days, I don't even see his face. But when I see him, the way I feel with Mavagaza, my friend, my brother, there's an extra to him because I'm, I'm, I don't know, with fellowship you, you click. Eh? But when I go to Brother Shetty, with that love, it must just be the same. What makes it fail is when you cannot forgive one another. And when you can't forgive one another, you can't pray. And when you can't pray, you become a powerless church. Demons are ruling. It's very possible, brothers, that deacons can rest. If we do things right, according to the word, even as if they come here with an intention to steal funds from the handbags, they will just find it impossible. You just, someone will just see it. We must not be worried. Hey, Brother Chet, you must keep your eyes awake eh? because we have got thieves now coming in church. So when others pray, you must have your eyes open. But when you, we do things right, even a thief will come here and say, no, no, I think this is church now. Yeah, let me not do it here. They will behave that moment. They won't even tell you they had come to steal. They had come to, to spy on the tithe boxes, it somewhere in the corner so they can steal and run away with it. They will just feel it, man. The atmosphere is, 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 is not conducive for, for a thief. It's not, they will speak it. They will know it. Yes. I had one crook that told me, brother, I know, I know you are a minister. I, you are a, a, a brother in church. Are, I think you are a minister. You are ministering, but he has never come to church. But he's just speaking it in the spirit. You know what? Anything you want, anything. He knew Jobek in right and left. Brother, I never thought I would, uh, I would travel with this man after telling me such a story. Brother, I'm, I'm stealing. I'm stealing. That's my business. But when I come to you, I know I must, I must handle a man of God as a man of God. Brother, you would take me to Jobek, buy my space, do everything. Why didn't he rob me of my money? I'm telling you, I met this man. He told me frankly, hey, you didn't know I'm a thief. Ah, I'm a thief. I'm, I'm stealing. <laughs> what, what must I do now? We are sitting next to each other. We are going to Jobek. This is the third time I'm traveling with this man. And I'm hearing stories. He actually goes to Deben there. They do all these scandals. They come back with money. They buy cars. All of a sudden, they are driving nice cars. I used to wonder, where are these guys getting money from? He told me, frankly, I'm, I'm a thief. But when I come to you, what makes him feel that when he comes to me? There is a certain conduct. There is a certain way that I dealt with him that he felt that if I want to steal, not with this one. And what if all of us are like that? This church will never have someone to break in and steal things and all those things. They just feel the atmosphere, no. No, it's not right here. Not, not here. Not here. We can't do this here. The reason why we have evil creeping in is because there is vessels that are willing to stay with the substance that don't belong to our kingdom. There's people who can stay for ages with January to December without even saying sorry. When the Bible says we die daily. Daily, brother. Dying to what? Yeah, we are not Roman Catholics. We are not saints for good. Amen. We are bound to make mistakes. Brother Bram says, our pastors are men and they make mistakes. You see people now, they are trying to pick mistakes of ministers. They know, what are they doing? Because smite the shepherd and the sheep will. You think the devil don't know scriptures? I see them on WhatsApp, on Facebook. They are trying to attack ministers. 
They are men, they will make mistakes. What do you do when you see a minister's mistake? Talk about it. You go on your knees and pray for him. If you, if, you are, if you have the right confidence in God, you pray and God will hear that prayer. Then you will see things shaping up. Things will shape up. But we don't do it. I see something wrong with this brother. I already, I'm already talking to this brother. You see, some of these brothers like Mavagaza. I, I think they are wasting their time in church. Eh? Ah, brother. Ah, things, brother. Ah, okay, brother, it's time to go and pray. Eh? We don't have to disturb prayer meeting. Ah, brother, it's already disturbed, this prayer meeting. It's better you, didn't, you don't even go to that prayer meeting. It's not worth it. Not worth it. How many are ready in their hearts to say, I will forgive my brother no matter what? Questions and answers 540515, page 336. Well, how could I deny the gift of speaking in tongues when I would have to deny the gift of prophecy? I would have to deny these other gifts. Now, the most of the churches, the big churches, the Nazarene, Pilgrim Holiness, and so forth, they think if someone, some man speaks in tongues, he is a devil. That's blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. We are not talking about those tongues that you see in the Pentecostals where everyone speaks in tongues. Real tongues, when the Holy Ghost comes in church and there is a tongue there, and if it's the Holy Ghost doing it, don't say anything about it. If you see a sister screaming and don't know what's happening, if it's a demon, the demons will address it. Don't say anything about it. If it happens, that is the Holy Ghost dealing with that sister. If it ever happens, that is God. God can do anything. There's no no scripture that says screaming and shouting is wrong. But you cannot adopt screaming and shouting as the Holy Ghost. Neither can we make it a doctrine. So if you see someone screaming in church, we just leave it. We don't know what's happening. Avoid those comments because if ever it happens that is the Holy Ghost dealing with that person in the very best way he ever wants to do it, which you can never advise him how to do it. And anyway, they're going to see it, it's blasphemy. Then if it's blasphemy, you are not going to be forgiven. Some ministers have even used the pulpit to blaspheme. They have spoken against ministers who are right in the post of duty and God is dealing with them. Because they found something wrong in that, that ministry that they think is wrong. They come and bring it on the pulpit. Some ministers have seen their congregants doing certain things wrong. And they come and use the pulpit to address it. They can't go to that brother and say, Brother Chet, call, me, call for me, Brother Mushabi. Um, um, I want to speak to him in the office. What's, what's, what's wrong with that? The brother will say, This brother loves me. Because he, he, I never watched this thing. This brother loves me. Because if he had kept quiet, I was going to continue in this thing. It's wrong. But you see a minister, because he's got a grudge with a certain congregant, he comes here with a message to sort out his grudges on the pulpit. In the meantime, some of the things are the Holy Ghost in action. It is just them that don't like it. So they use the, the pulpit to address it. When you do that, it's still going to be blasphemy. Even if the pulpit is involved, it's blasphemy. And it's not going to be forgiven in this world and the world to come. I'm telling you right now, as I stand here as a servant of God, there is ministers who are going to preach and they are not going to heaven. 
They are going to continue preaching and people receiving the Holy Ghost, but themselves are not going to heaven. Because they have used the pulpit to bless them. Someone watches Brother Matipa and his ministry and his church and they just pick things that they don't like without even knowing, even if they don't like them. But is it not God doing it? Your dislike and your like is not a measure of heaven. What you like and what you don't like is not a measure of scriptures. And mind you, in the scriptures there's a lot of things that we can preach and you will never like them. But you are forced by matter of faith to believe them and become a Christian. And when you are a Christian, you say amen to every word. When you say amen to every word, you are ready to forgive any brother. When you see those mistakes, you are ready to pray for them. I'm telling you, there's people who are standing on the pulpit right now who are never going to make it to heaven. And they will be surprised when they don't make it. They will be like Daniel Carey to say, no, I'm that great evangelist. You know, America knew about me. Obviously, heaven, that, the, the heavens, they sent me. They are the ones that must have a record of what I did. You know what he was asking? When he got there, the angels are looking. He said they were looking, perusing all the pages. They could not find my name. He wanted to appeal, approach the white throne judgment. When he went there, the men who are sitting there, the great men of that throne, the owner of the universe. He said, have you ever lied? Look at those simple little things that you think they are, not, they are nothing. You lie to your brother. Your brother is calling you. He's asking you, brother, Mafakas, where are you? I'm at home right now, but you are in town. <laughs> because you fear that if you tell the brother I'm in town, he might be in town and you say, let's meet him also in town. And you owe him something. Then you rather tell him I'm at, I'm at home because home is very far. You are taking your guess that if he's at his house to come to my place, it's very difficult, he won't come. So I'm at home. But you are in town. These phones that you are having, the handsets you are holding now, this one that you put in your pocket, it's escalating you to hell. Forgive me for saying that. No matter how much you love your phone, but don't use it to lie. Don't use your phone to lie. Even if a man that owes you is asking for his money. I don't keep my phone shut. And I answer every call. And I tell them what I have in my heart according to what they are asking me. You have to be honest. Because I'm eyeing something greater than what I owe them. I'm going to heaven. I'm eyeing the rapture. My body must be changed. This is part of the change. It's part of the change. You can't even tame your tongue to say the truth and then you're expecting yourself to make it to heaven. The tongue itself, just one small limb of your body can't even change. And then you expect the whole body to be changed. That's blasphemy against the Holy Ghost, which there is no forgiveness. That's what the Jews done, made fun of the people with the Holy Ghost, and were condemned and lost for it. I want to ask you, the day the Jews were condemned, did they know it right away that we are condemned? They kept on going to their synagogues. They kept on preaching. The rabbis had good sermons in those days. But Jesus had said, you are of your father there? You think he was just mentioning a statement? The father, the work of your father, you will do. 
Did they not do the work of their father to kill the prophets? And the father that he meant he was not meaning Judah and all those uh, patriarchs. He meant the devil himself. They had nothing of God in them. So it's very possible for you to attend a service and your sins are not forgiven and you have nothing of God in you. Then we can expect anything. You can ridicule your brother. You can say anything against your brother. Because you have got no substance in you. That is of God. They were condemned for it. Correct. Didn't Jesus say, if you speak one word against the Holy Ghost, it will never be forgiven you in this world or the world to come. So there is a world to come. You cannot doubt there is a world to come. So be careful. You don't understand. Sit still. If there is things that you don't understand, you, the prophet is saying you do what? Sit still. If others are busy commenting on what things are happening around, sit until you understand. I, I spent over 10 years preaching and I never spoke against that polygamist in Zimbabwe until I had enough information and until I had prayed and done prayed. And until I had to pray a prayer with the rest of them perhaps that prayed together with me that he, this man is worth of jail. He must just go to jail. I remember that very, very well. I was with my brother. It was an all night. We prayed. We said, brother, we are done with this man, the two of us. If we agree, heaven say, if we agree, it will be done of our father who is in heaven. This man is worth of the jail. He has committed crimes that are worth of jail. He's not a preacher, this man. He's not a pastor to begin with. He's a ravenous wolf. Because I'm checking with the scriptures where he's putting himself. You have to place him, then you pray. All along we have been praying, maybe he's a pastor, maybe something went wrong. But you see, he's, he's got 22 wives now. He's not even stopping. What can, and he's taking the sisters in the church. It would have been better if he was taking outside. Then we can speak against that thing, against that spirit, even on the pulpit, because it's not blasphemy. Because his work is not the work of the Holy Ghost. He's like Elimas. When I come to the judgment bar, I will stand like Peter stood against Elimas. Yes. Elimas was told, you are going to perish where your man is going to perish. You are in the bitterness of God. You are not even a partaker of this Holy Ghost and this bishopric. What is this bitterness of God? You are of the serpent. You are coming from that side. You want to take God for merchandise. You can't do that. Amen. Then when we have got full information to warn the church, we preach it. But you don't just come because you seen something wrong. Then you come and blast it. Because the brother has done something. They might have done that honestly with a mistake. What will happen if they come back around the corner after five years and say, brothers, that time I was wrong. What will you do with that? And God accepts them. And you have blasted them here. Maybe God did that so that that brother can realize that he also owes forgiveness. And he also needs to be forgiven. We cannot, we cannot progress if the church cannot even forgive their pastor. Yes. He's not a holy man from heaven and he has been to heaven and he's, he's coming from heaven every day. He's got a family to feed. He's got a family to look after. He's got challenges that he faces as a man like we do. Now the whole congregation must forgive their pastor even if there is something that he has said wrong. People can 
make clicks and clans and talk about the mistakes that the pastor has done. And they expect us to progress. No, 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 no. We will stand against that because we want to pray and God hears our prayers. We want to pray for the sick and they get healed. We want to pray for people in the wheelchairs and they rise up. Without doubt, knowing fully well that God is going to honor those prayers because we know where we are standing. Now we are looking around, you hear certain funny stories here. You look around, you hear certain funny stories here. You look around, you see this brother is not even comprehending what is happening. Then you want to go and pray. What am I going to pray about? May God help us on that. To never be forgiven. If you don't know anything, the Bible, the prophet says, sit still. Now, the root of forgiveness is the cross. Am I right? Because there, everyone was forgiven. And they continued sinning, but they were forgiven. So, why would it be difficult to forgive your brother? We are coming from the cross with a package of forgiveness. Then you, are, you yourself are forgiven, but you can't forgive your brother. That is why God says, you can't pray here to me when you cannot forgive your brother. If after this sermon you are going to hold on to your grudges against a brother because maybe you gave him a car and he sold it and he didn't give you the money or something like that and then you hold grudges because of that. After this sermon, if you continue like that, my hands are clean over that. If you did a certain deal with a brother and he you some money somehow. You once worked for a brother and he muttered certain words and you could not understand. And you can't still forgive them. After this sermon, if you continue like that, it's your own problem. Don't blame the pastor. Don't blame the deacons. If you don't even make it to heaven with that, don't blame anyone. It's your cause. Blushing prophet, 56 11.25 Our Heavenly Father, I bow upon this altar. I would have wanted to bow down now, but I'm standing, I'm preaching, but I should have been there on the altar, bowing down, praying with you, and ask forgiveness for, of my sin. I ask forgiveness of the sins of these who are around the altar, who are in church today. I ask forgiveness for the church, for the body, for the body of believers, nationally, and internationally. Am I right to say, brother, we can pray for the sins of the world and they can be healed? You see that quotation? Brother Abraham is kneeling on the altar. He's praying for the sins of the, world, the, the, the nation. He's praying for the sins of the, 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 the human kind, nationally and internationally. Do you think he was praying for believers alone? He never said, I'm praying for believers alone. You will hear where he's going. With that, I ask for forg- I ask forgiveness of the sins of those who are around the altar. I ask forgiveness for those who are around the altar. I ask forgiveness for the church, the body, the, the body of believers, which is you, nationally and in- internationally, across the board. I ask for mercy for us being so dilatory concerning the things of the kingdom. I ask that you will pardon 
for us of our sins and take away our transgression and forgive us for being so stupid. Today, I give a new meaning to lack of forgiveness. It's stupidity. For the stupidity of the people. How we have come short. How we have, take, uh, how we have come short. How we have taken bodily exercise. How we have done these things that we ought not to do. Things we ought not to have done. How we have sinned before you. And on this Sunday morning. Say morning today. Eh? Let's make it present. Eh? Not tonight, but this morning. This morning minute meeting father, seeing the blushing prophet of the Bible, we blush tonight. We blush this morning. I blush before you because of the sins of the people. The people, my nation, my people, I've been ashamed of them, Lord. This was America then. We put South Africa, we put Zimbabwe, put Congo, Nigeria, and the rest of them in Africa. And the rest of other nations elsewhere, outside of America, because it was prayed for. To see our young ladies walking the streets and acting the way they are. These are not churchgoers. We must pray for them. Um, when was the last time we prayed for the sinner in the street? The young men living in all kinds of life. See them staying home from church. How many of you have stayed home from church? And reading all the magazines they ought not to read. Blushing prophet. Looking at uncensored programs. Generations. Looking at uncensored programs. That is why the devil allowed you to put the televisions in your home because you can't censor them right. Which means they, if you say you put you put you take this one out, what do you have? Are the rest of you doing it? Are your programs you are watching in your home censored? Listen to Hollywood's dirty jokes. Listen to old boogie-woogie music of the devil. What music is on your phone, brother? What music is on your phone? What do you have in your tablet this morning? That's aged out from men that's of ill fame and got vile conscience. The devil's influence. Don't tell me it's gospel, brother. If their life is ill-famed and they've got vile conscience, it's the devil's what? Don't call it of God because they call it gospel. You better know better. You better know better because they can't tell you it's gospel when you can read in between the lines that they say it's gospel but they are singing naked. What kind of gospel is that? They must start dressing nice before they sing. Then it's gospel. They are singing with their, with their trousers, it's women wearing pants, and they tell you it's gospel. And you are listening to it, you've got it on your phone. You are guilty this morning for carrying that thing. You are carrying the devil's influence in your phone, in your pocket. You are advertising hell. This I can repeat even before the altar of God. You are advertising hell. I want it to choke and sink down to your conscience. You are advertising hell. As long as your phone is going to carry any music that is not from these believers. I won't forgive you for that, brothers, because you have to censor it right. And then if you can't censor it right, then if you've got a question, leave it. The spoken word says it. 
If something has got a question in it, leave it. You won't lose anything by leaving something undone and 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 and, and, and catered for. Don't put your effort into it because you are doubting it. Devil's influence to inspire the works of the devil on. Oh God, I'm ashamed of myself for not rebuking it that way that I should. I won't be ashamed because I'm repeating where you, you was ashamed, I'm not ashamed. Because I'm, I'm now looking at what, what he said after he was ashamed. So that is what I'm giving to the church so that you can be better off than that state of the nation. Oh God, take away my guilt. I ask you to do it. I ask you to forgive these people. That's here. First, us all. Help us to raise from this altar as new men and women. Help us to go from here as Christians or to go. Help us to lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us that we might run, the, the, run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking not to... Let's read together. Look, looking not to... Looking not to... I'm not the one who preached this sermon. Don't say, Brother Borewe, when the pastor was not there, he preached something. I'm reading a quotation. Even one day, the pastor will read it because he's, he, he, he is obligated to read it. Looking not to... Ah, ah, your voices, some of your voices are... You are stopping them here. Looking not to... Yeah, boy. Not looking to the comedians of the world. Scandal. You see what my face is looking? Scandal. But looking to the author and finisher of our faith, the Lord Jesus Christ, who despised the shame of the cross and bore it for us. And suffered without the gate that he might sanctify the people with his blood. Amen. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And take us as thy own children tonight, this morning. And receive us in this prayer of repentance. And give us, Lord, peace and joy. And may all beds this morning, tonight, as we lay thinking of this night's meeting. After this morning, tonight, when you lay thinking... May we think of the conditions of the world that the Bible has revealed to us now. May we as we think of it, our face struck out for shame. And may you bring peace and happiness to every heart. Peace and happiness must be to every. We are repenting, Lord, before thee on this altar. We are repenting, Lord, on this. Repenting on these things. I want an amen afterwards. Repenting on these things in this church, in this service. Don't take, take things for granted. I've heard some people ask, if God be for us, where are his miracles? We are asking like Gideon. I see it on Facebook and what they are the very people that say that they are the very ones who are bringing the shame to the ministry of Brother Brennan. What brought discontinuity in most churches? Because the people are creeping in with, with their things like Akan. 
Even when we preach like this, they say, no, but if, if he's not like a prophet and he can single out me and say, brother, you did so and so. It's up to you, brother. The word, it did not say the prophet. The word is a designer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The things you intend to do without us knowing. The word of God can design those things and tell you about it. Now, if you cannot be sorted by the word that has designed you, even if I'm a prophet, I won't come in there. You are a problem. Or I already see a problem. If the pulpit cannot solve your issues. Oh, it can solve your issues when someone is sick and you, well, after preaching you believe and your son is healed. But you've got a sin that is hidden, you cannot come out open with it. Still from the same pulpit. Then you have a problem. Yeah. We already know you want blessings only. You are coming here only for blessings. Hear ye him. 58.03.01 From the depths of our hearts to know that you have given us the privilege of coming together again to minister in the name of that so beloved son that thou did send to the earth that, the, that he might redeem us from the life of sin to a life of saving service for him. We would ask you, dear God, to forgive us of our shortcomings and all the things that we have did or said or even thought that would be contrary to thy will. We ask forgiveness. And we would pray, Lord, that our hearts would be in condition now to receive Christ in our lives by the preaching of the word, giving us faith to believe. Then he says tonight, but I wanted to say to this morning, because I'm preaching it this morning, for a great extreme healing service that all that are needy would be healed. Do you see healing is starting from forgiveness? Then if we come and we are not forgiven our sins and we cannot forgive one another, then we still want to get healed. It's a blessing. You cannot get a blessing without being repentful. Because the redemptive blessings are only for the Christians. Amen. And it is Christians who, who give it as they will to the rest. If you see an unbeliever getting healed in this church, it's because we have what it takes for them to be healed. So actually, it belongs to us, not to them. They only get it when they are in contact with us. And we must be able to keep it in that place. There is a certain contact with which we keep it in that place. Amen. Hear the prayers of your people and may we have fellowship around the world. For we ask it in the name of Jesus, thy son. Amen. I want to read a certain scripture. Matthew chapter. I think we are going to read just a few scriptures, then we close with that. How many are ready to forgive? Amen. And how many will go home and forgive their children if they have done something wrong? Was Mama, if you don't forgive your children, they will say, even if I go to her, she will not forgive me. So they would rather continue in the mess. And by so doing, you are losing your children. Your child must say, even if I do wrong, I know my mother will forgive me. Then when they do that, they are ready not to ever do it again. Was exactly so. That's, that's exactly what you want. So that they won't do it again. But the way you handle it makes them do it over and over and until they won't come back. 
It's not about how harsh you are with your children that will make them understand that you are a real mother. It's about how loving you are. If I take Sharon and put a stick right here, you must not do this. Sister Aborewa is asking, who hit you? She would rather say it's you. She don't say I hit her. She don't believe I can hit her. Because after that, I create a mutual relationship with her. We go take ice cream from the fridge. I give it to her. We are eating from the same plate. Eh? I call her when I'm fixing the car. I ask her to give me spanners. The only friend she knows is dead. She will know that that time when this man hit me, it was me that was not right. But what if every time you are harsh with your children, the other time you are hitting them and the excess, extent of hitting them is too excessive until they cannot even think you are their dead. Then you want to come and tell them you are a nice dead. Most of your time you must be showing them you are the nicest dead ever. And until when you beat them, they will understand that I've been beaten for this wrong thing. And they can even come and tell you, daddy, that thing I'm not going to do it again. So that because they are picking it, we have got a very good relationship. This thing is spoiling me. And then when I do this thing, then he becomes angry and he's beating me. It's only when I do this thing. So they can go quickly locate where your anger is coming from. And why you rush to your stick to correct them. It's because of what they've done, not because of your attitude. Your bossy attitude. I'm the father here. You must not do this to me. I'm your father. You don't need to tell your children you are their father. They know it. All they want you to tell them is you are the best that they ever will ever have. Not just tell them, express it. I told brother, what, sometimes we, we, pray, we, we, we pray and ask God to do certain things, but some things don't need you to pray. It's just a healing of the home. You take a ball and play with the children. Yeah? If they are this age, take the ball and play with them, brother. He, he enjoys the ball. He, that's, all, that's all he knows. Then when you want to take him higher and you talk about those things that electrical stuff and fixing of this and that, he's looking at you. When are we going to play ball? Leave all those things when you are home. Take the ball. Play with the child. Until if you are not home, looking at time, they don't even know what time it is, but they just see the sun going down. They will ask mama, where is dead? They won't ask mama, mama, can't, can't you play with me? They will ask for dead. Amen. And when your children say sorry, don't continue to hit them. <laughs> Even if you say sorry, I'm going to hit you. <laughs> you are angry. They are saying sorry. Give them, give them a chance. In as much as you say sorry to God, he will give you another chance. Yes. That's forgiveness. It's mutual. Let's take a scripture here, brothers. Matthew chapter 6. Eh? Let's hear what the Bible says. From verse 9 to 15. Okay, from verse 8. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things he have need of, before he asks them. After this manner, he also knows when to give them. He just don't know. 
He just, he's not just a God that knows what you need. He knows when to give it. Sometimes he even gives without you asking for it. What, what do you think God will do with the thing that he knows you need it? Will he stay with it in heaven when it's yours? Even when you don't ask for it, he will say, but my, why? You put in a condition where you are going to ask for that thing because he's got it. He has already put in his mind that I'm going to give my son this jacket. He must wear it. And this brother is asking for a t-shirt. Then God is going to make that t-shirt get torn when you put it there on the line. Something just happens. You want to take it from the line. There's a small wire there hooking it. Ah, it's gone. I'm not going to like t-shirts again. I'm going to ask for a jacket. God says, yeah, you are coming the right pathway. Ask for a jacket, I've got it. It's what I've got in the picture for you. There are certain things that God gives us without us asking for them. Because in his mind, he has already predestinated that you must have them. So he cannot force you to have them. But he will put you in line to receive them because he cannot stay with them. It's not his, it's yours. If he knows we have need of these things, then why should he stay with them when we have need of them? That's my contention when I'm praying. Sometimes you listen to me when I'm praying, it looks like I'm fighting with God. Because, yeah, I fight with scriptures. I bring scriptures on the table. He says, reason. Come reason with me. Some of you fear to reason with God. You can tell God, here you said this, and here you said this, and there you did the same thing to that brother. Last Sunday I was listening to another brother giving a testimony again of the same matter. And I'm here, am I standing here? I'm standing here now with this same problem and you can't sort it out. You can only do that when you know where you are standing. Not with a sin that is unconfessed. Because that one will take your, your, your confidence before God. Then you say, oh Lord, you can just give me whatever you want to give me. I don't ask whatever he wants to give because I'm not sure of whatever. I will tell him exactly what I need. Yes, I will tell him exactly what I need. And I'm that kind of a man that I'm, I'm ready to start all over. Even to go back to the water if it takes that, baptize me again. As long as I make it to heaven. You can even baptize me a thousand years. A thousand times every day you are baptizing me. As long as it makes me go to heaven. I don't want it. I don't care. Whatever it takes to make it, I will do it. Some people are not ready to start all over. No, brother, after this so long a journey, no, 40 years in the message, brother, and you start confessing these small things. You know, brother, it takes off your, your height, off your face, you know. The prophet says it must take off your height, off your face. It must look like your, your skin has been peeled off because of confession. That's exactly what the prophet says. No, brother, but can you really do that? Because, you know, brother, after having been a trustee in church, you know. You know what? We know better than what you are telling us. Yeah. Trustees are the ones that must set an example. They are the ones that must be repentful and deacons and the pastors and the ministers. Then the rest follow. We find ministers that can't even say sorry to a brother in the congregation. Because after I preach now, and the brother comes and says, brother, what you did, I must be able to say sorry. Preaching has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with that. Preaching is for the edification of the church, not for my welfare as a Christian. Split the two. No, as a minister in the church, where are those credentials coming from? As a minister, so what? What do you do as a minister? You don't repent. 
You don't ask for forgiveness. After I preach like this, I don't come to say, Brother Philip, I'm sorry. Is that what it means? That the same thing on the podium means I cannot say sorry anymore. Some of you people enjoy when the pastor says, I'm sorry, brother, that one I overlooked it. But you cannot say it's the same to the pastor. Yeah. No, the pastor will understand, you know. He's a pastor. You already picked it, he saw it. No, brother, say it with your mouth, confess it. Yeah. The devil knows when you do that, there is love. That Paul says from heart to heart when you do that. And when there is love, the devil cannot do anything. So he must not be his agent to perpetrate his ways in the body of the believers. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. For the lamb was slain well before the foundation of the world. So one of his wills is that we forgive one another. The things that God longs for. Because he performed one of them. He forgave us. Let's see. Give us this day our daily bread. You can't go day in, day out without bread, brother. Just bread. You must say, I don't want bread today. Don't lack bread because you can't afford bread. Bread. When the Bible says, give us this day our daily bread. Take it up, brother. And forgive us our debts. This is a basis of forgiveness. You are only forgiven as you forgive those who are indebted unto you. So what it means, we take it the other way. You're, you don't forgive others, you are also not forgiven. Yeah. When you are not forgiven, your prayers are not answered. Yes, sir. I'm asking, how many of you have prayed and your, your prayers are still pending? Amen. You might as well approach this corner and sort it out. Amen. I don't have an unanswered prayer. When God doesn't answer me, I know maybe I, may, I might have asked it amiss. Or I went too far ahead of myself to ask for things that will come in a thousand years to come. Not when I need it now. Not when my family is going hungry and God will give me next week. They are hungry now. They are hungry now. It's pure logic. They are hungry now. If God fails to provide, I will sell my clothes and provide for my family. Then I will prove him wrong. Because the food is now. Sharon is asking for ice cream. I must buy it now. If, if, if that's what she wants, I must be able to run around and bring it. And tell her. He said, I brought you ice cream, eh? When I take that stick, it, it, it says, but you will bring ice cream. When I want it. Then you don't bring ice cream. You don't bring yogurt. You are shouting every day. You shout even to your wife. And then you hit the child. And then they ask for ice cream, you don't bring it. And you want to be a nice dad. <laughs> Have you ever wondered why children, they look at you when you are shouting at each other? They... They want to see which one is right. After some time, you say, Daddy, eat her. Eat her. Take a stick. Eat, Mama. Eh? No, you tell, no, we are not shouting. We are not shouting here. I'm just telling Mama to do this. Oh, but you must eat her. She already thinks, now Mama has missed something. Daddy wants to hit Mama. You must not use that other language. I don't want to express it the way you do it. 
lest I get into your homes too far in. Take it up, brothers. And lead us not into temptation. Most of you are into temptations because you have not forgiven your brother. How can you be led when before being led you have to forgive others and then be forgiven? Then this one automatically happens. He will not lead you into temptations, but deliver us from evil. Most of us are into evil. Evil is upon us. Why evil comes? Because the devil is coming and scouting. He says, this brother has got bitterness in his heart because of this brother. So he can put all the evil he wants on you. It will. And you cannot block it because there is a platform for it. That's our homework, brothers and sisters. We must have to create a platform where the devil cannot find a loophole to do anything. Even before you pray, things must just be tough for the devil to just try anything. Even before Job prayed, he even complained, you are cutting everything of his. But we saw that Job was confessing his sin every evening before God. I just wanted that part where you must forgive others so God can forgive you. But I'm, I'm, I'm still wondering. He, he has already forgiven me before I, I did the sin. Then when I'm here, he can't forgive me of the things I'm doing now. You see what is happening? Because God, when he died, out of ignorance, we did certain things. In the time of ignorance, God forgive. But now you know the truth and you go and defraud your brother. We am called out your brother and you don't tell him. Month in, month out, you don't tell him. Brother, I still remember, brother, I'm failing. Things are like this. I did this kind of a job. I'm still waiting for them to pay me. I will pay you. You can't even say it. I, I will talk to him when he, when he phones me. And when he's phoning you, ah, it's that brother again. You switch off the phone. And you leave it ringing until you tell the brother it was on the charge. Who, say, who said you cannot attend to a phone that is on charge? When you put your phone on charge, you can't attend to it. You can't attend to a phone that is charging. Is that what you are telling me? You cannot go to your phone because it's on charge. You must be able to attend to your phone anytime. Because you are unveiling the credentials of a believer. I'm taking you to Brother Dipali's message now. There are certain things that go with a believer. Until you tell a man, I'll be at the mall by 11. They will get there by a quarter to four. They say, this man, exactly by 11 you'll be there. You have never lied to them. But some of us, brother, two hours later, the man is saying, but I'm, I'm here at the mall. I've been here since 11. You have not come. And you come up with stories. Say, I'm sorry, my brother. Something just took me away. And I forgot. I completely forgot about that appointment. You can forget. Don't try to lie into it. Don't put a lie into it because every lie is of the devil. And he's a father of it. So he's fathering lies in your heart. How? If you're a son of God. You are failing to come to your brother to say, I'm sorry. So you can do anything else that it takes to, to maintain your false dignity. Even when you are late, you, you still don't see that it's 2 o'clock, but you told the brother you'll be there by 11. It's 2, 2 p.m. now. And the brother is reminding you, but brother, it's 2 p.m. I didn't see you at 11. You come up with stories. What you need to say, I'm sorry, my brother. Something got a hold of me. And I completely forgot about it. My wife phoned me and said the child is sick. So I rushed home, then I forgot about that appointment. Things like that happen. Why would you want the devil to take chance in your life? 
and they have a platform to operate and do anything. Because he's so fast. When he gets a platform, brother, your wallet is, is lost. The bank, they are complaining about these things are out of shape. Now we are running because we just made a lie. You go to the ATM, you want to link your money there. Another thief is coming. Hey, what are you doing here? Ah, the money is coming. They take the money, they run away. And with the card too. Maybe at gunpoint, they ask for your pin. They go and do another withdrawal tomorrow before you close your card. Why would all those things happen? Because you are keeping a platform for them to happen. Especially brothers. Brothers have got a very difficult time to say I'm sorry to the wife. I'm saying it because I've seen it. My wife has reminded me myself. I've been reminded with my wife. Brother, yeah, you must just say sorry. Yeah, sure, honey, I'm sorry. But you forget to say it. Why must you, not, why must you forget when you know you're the one who's fathering? Why? It's the devil. He wants to come and creep in into that home because he knows at 6 o'clock you're going to pray. At 9 you're waking up to pray. You've got a program of prayer that he wants to disturb. So keep guard of that. We keep watching. Let's take Matthew 18, verse 21. I'm just going to take maybe five minutes to close. Read that scripture. If we can take another one within the five minutes, we'll read it again. But I'm just talking of the mutuality of forgiveness. The Bible does not ask the brother who has made a mistake to go to this brother to say sorry. Though he must do that. But you, normally, the one that is the wrong has been done to this brother. He's the one who is agitated with that thing. He's the one who's carrying the grief. This brother might not say, ah, things, the brother must understand things happen that way. This one is saying, but things must not happen that way. This was obvious. You intended to do this brother. You wanted this harm on me. This is the man that is complaining. The Bible gives charge to this man to go and face the one that has done wrong to him. That's the Christian way of doing it. Most of us want the one that has made a mistake to come. Say sorry. You can even put standards, even when they are asking for some help, you will show them, I won't help you until you come. (laughs) But that's not Christian way of doing it. It's not the Christian way of handling matters. Until even you see brothers dragging one another to the police station to unbelievers who are drunk, who the babalas. They are hit with babalas. They want to go and take one by the corner and they are disturbed by brothers coming in with their issues from church. Oh, brothers. The Bible says, don't you know that you judge angels? You are going to judge angels which have never sinned. Angels, without a sin, they will kill and you will have to watch them. You know why angels are going to be judged? Some of them delayed with your answers. Because by that time, you will be knowing everything, brother. Oh, it was you, Gabriel, that time you... When I took two weeks without answer, it was you. Come close, I want to hear your story. What delayed you? Was it the devil? That devil that I was giving that time when I prayed is the one that delayed you. Why didn't you report to me? I could pray and open way for you. Come, 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 come. I want to hear what, what was the problem. With our hands in the pocket. You can't do that when there is sin in your heart. Judge pure angels. When you carry, you have got the capacity to carry sin with you every day. You must desist from that culture to even attend the next service with something in your heart. Not even to ask for the Holy Ghost in that state. There must be some godly fear into that. 
Amen. The men can lie to you. Hey, brother, I'm, uh, no. they just given, they've given me a call out at work. There's overtime. But he himself is asking for that overtime. He's so going to the boss and say, about Sunday. And we also come as if he don't want to come. Say, yeah, 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 Sunday, there's a lot of work to do. When he don't ask, he will, he, they won't even tell him he must come Sunday. So every Sunday, when he sees Saturday, 6, Shaila time, the boss is not saying anything, he goes there. As if like he wants a free Sunday. So what about Sunday? Boss? Are we, are we, I think, we are, are we not coming Sunday? He wants, as if he wants the boss to say, no, 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 Sunday, you are not coming. When the boss says, we are not, you are not coming, you will see the explanation on the face, but you should have said we should come, so at least I can tell the brothers that there's overtime. You are living a Christianity for the brothers, not for God. But let me tell you one thing. How many of us are going to heaven? I guess we are. Who knows which one goes to heaven? You can testify on your own that I'm going because you know your own. Your own, your own stories, you know them. But I cannot tell you. I, I'm the only one who's going. I can argue with that because I don't know what you are doing every day. I'm the only one who's going. So anyone looking at your other brother, you cannot tell the destiny of this brother. Is he going to make it to heaven? Is he going to make it? Is, am I going to make it when you are looking at me? After preaching to you, am I going to make it? You can't tell. So why must I live for you? Why must I fear that the brothers, the brothers, I must tell the brothers, no, this I did because of God's word. Amen. Then the brothers, if they don't understand, it is up, it's their story. Because every brother who's got God in their heart, they will know what the word says. And when a Christian has lived the way that the word has commanded him to do, every Christian will say, ah, the brother is right, because you see, there's nothing else wrong here, because he's living exactly what the word says. Some of the contentions that we have is because people don't watch scriptures. Yeah. They are using their intellects. Yeah. They are reasoning out the matters. No, but brother, you see what, you know what, what when you do like this, you, what scripture is when you do like this? Yeah. What is that scripture? Where, where do, when, in which chapter do you find it? Brother, because of the word of God, which says this here, you should not have done this. If it's anything to do with church, let's address it with the Bible. Don't use your reasoning into it. Was the brother who also risen back and risen better than you? Once he is in sin, then he stays in there. He dies in there. Verse twenty-one. Are you there? Sorry for for. for. You know some of the things will just be flowing. I must be picked to get in motion, say them, say them, and then it's done. We are guilty for, 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 for not telling how it happens. But sometimes it's like you are connected to a... You are a speaker connected to a radio. So it's, the sound is just coming, coming, coming. Then if you ignore it, it must have helped someone. Then you skip it and then it's going to be a problem. Amen. Matthew 18. Are we all there? Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft should, shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times. Why he said seven times? What seven is a number of perfection. Complete. Now it's done. The brother will not do it anymore. It's a number of completion. When he comes to number seven and is forgiven there, he will not repeat it, brother. Eh? Seven times, eh? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. And he left it like that. Then you start counting. We have got a diary. One brother. Seventeen brother. 
180, ne? When you come to the total number, you say, brother, I'm not going to forgive you. It's now 70 times 7. You've done it several times according to the scripture. I'm not going to forgive you. You can't do that. It only simply signifies that you just be ready to forgive your brother. Don't find it difficult to forgive your brother the second time after he repeated the very same thing. Maybe it's still a weakness with him. He's got to overcome it one day. What will happen if you don't forgive him now and he happens to overcome after two years now? Will you then forgive him? Because he has now overcome. You must just stay forgiving. Amen. This thing is shut off prayers in the homes. There's no altar call in the home because the husband cannot call wife for prayer because they've got unsorted issues. How will you call your wife for prayer? Hold the Bible. When you said something just in the morning, then it's evening time, bedtime. Altar call. You must pray. Now you start thinking now, will she come? Then you just say, ah, you know what, hey, sister, everyone just pray in your bedroom. <laughs> with a hoarse voice, with a hoarse voice that is not normal. Because something is choking you. <laughs> Brother, the prophet says you must call your family, sit where you normally sit and eat. And also eat the weight from there. Then everyone kneel down and pray. Pray for the church, pray for your pastors, pray for your brothers. Pray for your families, family members that don't know Christ. Pray for everyone. Pray for the nation. Pray for the leaders. You know, sister, I'm tired. You just pray where you are. There's no prayer like that. There's no altar call like that. Hold your Bible. Call your family. If you owe them something before you open that book, tell them, I'm, I'm sorry for that thing. We are praying now. We must approach God. We cannot go with this thing in that channel. I think I did something wrong in the afternoon. We are that's dying daily. That's what the Bible says. We die daily. No, brothers, we cannot say sorry to our wives. They are weaker vessels, you know. You know, and you, you are even weaker than them. If you cannot say sorry to them, you are even weaker than them. Back then, when before I knew the Lord, I, I promised myself I will not fight a man that fights a woman. I would rather leave him fight and beat me all the way he thinks. I will not even show him what, what kind of stuff is inside. I cannot reveal myself to a man that beats his wife. Doesn't make sense. I cannot even say I beat him. To the rest of the people say, you know this one, challenge me one day and I beat him. And then they tell him, but you know he's always, always beating his wife. I would rather join the wife because I think the wife has got a humble spirit than the man. Let him beat me also. It's better. It's better. I'm sure there are no brothers who beat their wives. I am sure, brothers, you are not beating our sisters. I'm standing with them this morning. I'm sure, brothers, you are not beating your wives. If ever they will see a loving husband, they must see that man in you. All the love they need from a man, they must find it from you. Amen. Amen. Brothers, don't pray for me. Eh? <laughs> Drop your eyes like you don't see me. I'm saying don't beat your wife. <laughs> Amen. Amen. 
no matter what they've done, don't beat them. Don't even pray for them when you are angry, boys. Otherwise, you'll ask God to beat them. Yeah, you'll pray out of rose. What if God honors that prayer? What will happen to your wife? You'll be the first one to run around and try to fix the thing again and you've prayed for it. Don't pray for those things. Amen. Luke chapter 11, my last scripture. Luke chapter 11. There are quotations I wanted to read, but I won't read them. I think this is enough. I've read some of the quotations here, but some of them will just take it the way the Lord wants it. Amen. Luke chapter 11. From verse 4. Now we read from Matthew, it says, Forgive us as we forgive. But you will see in Luke it addresses it differently. It makes it so definite that we are forgiving others in Luke. But in Matthew, it's like as if it's asking us to. Be forgiven as when we forgive others. But in Luke, when you read it, it's actually saying like, it's, it, that's how we are. We forgive others, so forgive us. Let's read it. When Jesus said, this is how you must read your Bible. Don't just read the Bible like we are reading a newspaper. Eh? When Jesus said that, he said, this sickness, no, 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 no. This is John. I'm looking for Luke chapter 11, verse 4. Luke chapter 11, Luke Chapter 11, verse 4. Okay, to save time. Let me read as they say it. Oh, there it is. And forgive us our sins. It is not saying may you forgive us. And forgive us. It's so definite. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. This is what we are, Lord. For we also not as we forgive. Even if they, are, they have not done anything, when they come, we forgive them. For we, the church, also, why would we not be forgiven if we were like this? Luke is putting a believer in their position. Where they are living, what Matthew said we should do. So after you take Matthew, you go to Luke, you become what Matthew said in Luke. Then you are automatic, automatically forgiven and, and forgive us. There is no may, you, there is no please here. It's definite it's going to be happening because we are this Lord. Amen. When you walk out the, of that door, this is exactly what you must be. Luke 11, verse 4. You have been from Matthew, being instructed to do it, then you are doing it, then this one becomes obvious. Is that clear? I wish I would just prepare someone and give it to the pastor because he, he, he puts it exactly the way that you won't doubt any scripture. He's got a deeper teaching than the way I would want it with the makeup that I am. Yeah, me, I just want to see people that come, they sang homers with their things and I put them in the fire and it's fire every time. <laughs> so here yeah, I cannot do it. You must forgive me. If you give me a sangoma, I once preached alongside the sangoma, I said, let's start the game. So I'm, I'm used to that. I mean, but here there's no sangoma now, you see. It's very difficult. You cannot challenge a child, son of God, come here, brother, I want to see. Ah, oh, brother. 
Because I know of my substance. I know what God gave me and I can use it anytime. Yeah, I can use it anytime, but not for the church of God. I think this is suitable for the church. How many are ready to forgive one another? Not as when the brother is asking for forgiveness. Even before they have done something with forgiveness. A brother must not climb a mountain to come to you to say, I'm asking for forgiveness. Eh? Until even a child, when they break a cup, they throw it in the beam before the mother sees it. It's going to be a trouble. Just before, just after they do that, the mother breaks two cups. You see how, how difficult it is. You must just be flexible. Allow everything to flow in the channel of the love of God. You will see how certain things will be dealt with even before you pray. God says, it will come a time when my people, even before they kneel down, I will answer their prayers. What condition is that way, brother, when you are just sitting there and you are thinking about, after this sermon, there is something I want to go and pray for. Already before you even kneel down and even call your family to pray for that thing, God is already putting signs that he's working on that thing already. It's already sorted. You, you are looking for answers and there's already answers before you even ask for them. There is a condition of us being part of his word. So he's obligated to fulfill that word. Without question, you find things already. There's surprises. Angels are instructed to go and action out. God says, because my son is thinking about this scripture here. Because my son is these scriptures here. He's all this. Why must I not do this for him? So he's thinking about praying before he even prays. Go and give it to him. The only prayer you will do afterwards is to thank God. Amen. Amen. The only prayer you will do is to thank God. Because he's already done the things that you want to pray for. So why must we not pray to thank him? In fact, those prayers for thanksgiving must be too much of them on the altar. Amen. Because thanksgiving glorifies God. The asking of our petitions and our pleas needs an answer to come back to us. So when you ask from God, it doesn't glorify him. It only glorifies him when he gives what you're asking for. And even furthermore, it glorifies him when you bring back the praise after you have received so it's good even to think that is why God enjoys praise when you are right deep in the mud. Naked came I to the world. Naked I will live like this. Job, blessed be the name of the Lord. You can't say blessed be the name of the Lord when things are like this. But God loves it. And he gives a double portion. Amen. I'm sure I've done my part. Sister Dipali. You can get a hold of a microphone. Sing Morena Ria Huele. Swarero Yadibitaka. You know that song? Morena Ria Huele. You know it? Morena Ria Huele. I'm paid, eh? Little bit of petty. Swarelo 
sing that song for us. Whoever can sing. But I was thinking, something just told me, Sister Dipali must sing that if she knows it. Amen. I will tell you a mystery. There's people that when they sing, when Elisha said, bring me a mystery, not everyone could sing that time. And it doesn't discredit others who are better singers as well. But there's a time when someone can sing and you just feel like, if the pastor finishes, I must take over. There is a kind of singing that drives you into saying it can be done. That is why soldiers, even when they go for the army, they sing. Amen. Brother Mavagasa knows some of the things, songs that are sung there when they are doing the demonstrations in the streets. If they don't want their president, they start singing. We are not even taking any recognizance of your presence. We are, not, we are tired of you. When they just singing, start singing that, even some, if they die, they will take the corpses and go. With the corpses. We, we no longer want you. That's what they sing from Gabi. We are coming a long way with you. We are tired, we are tired. But they are not fighting with you. They don't have arrows. They are just singing. And the president was out. We just have to do that, but not for the president. We have to do that for the devil. Amen. Singing heals. In as much as medicine heals. Amen. Saul was struck by a demon one day, and they had to call David with a ten-stringed instrument. He would play a song. Not lay hands on him, not share the word with him, but just a nice song. Maybe you are singing, my, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Then the, the instrument is following. It was a violin, maybe. He led me in pastures green. The violin is following. Then Solomon said, What? I'm healed, man. Thank you, young man. Thank you, young man. No prayer, brother. No laying of hands. No scriptures. Just a ten-stringed instrument. Elijah wanted to prophesy one day. No prophecy, nothing, no vision from God. Bring me a mystery. Play a song. If we sing, we sing this song of forgiveness. We love to see God forgive his children. And we love to know that we are forgiven. With the same forgiveness, we approach our brothers when they've done wrong and we forgive them with that same love on the same platform until the brother will feel guilty to do it again. That is why even the 70 times 7 won't even matter when you do it with love. When the brother is going home forgiven, he will say, I will not do it again. Can we raise to our feet and you sing that song for us? I'm going to call brother... After singing, Brother Mpanyana will pray for us. If you owe your brother something, whilst the brother is going to pray, put it in your heart to say, I will sort out this matter with my brother. Amen. Sakar, Sarelo 
eternal heavenly father we thank you once more this afternoon almighty god heavenly father we heard your word speaking to our hearts about forgiveness lord you know that when we do forgiveness we are not only heavenly father we are calling healing upon ourselves lord unforgiving spirit causes diseases heavenly father so thank you for the word almighty god thank you for your teaching lord you saw it need heavenly father to descend this morning and speak in this manner heavenly father we thank you once more almighty god so bless the church heavenly father each and every individual that has come under this roof lord it's my prayer this afternoon if there is anyone that is sick lord Heavenly Father, may you heal them, Heavenly Father. If there is anyone that is troubled, Lord, Heavenly Father, may you visit them, Heavenly Father, and provide the solutions according to their need. Bless them, Heavenly Father. As we, Heavenly Father, now prepare ourselves, Lord, Heavenly Father, to depart from this place, we are asking for a traveling mercy, Almighty God, that you bless each and every individual here, Lord. We pray, Heavenly Father, even our pastor, Lord, 
May we ask him for a traveling mercy that you bless him, Heavenly Father, you protect him until we meet again at the appointed time. Bless the church. That's our prayer this afternoon as we commit everything into thy capable hand. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and all this church shall agree by saying, Amen. Amen. Bless you, God bless you, brother. We appreciate this and everything this morning. Amen. We appreciate the weight. We appreciate your presence. And then keep on praying for us. We need your prayers. Let us sing a song. We are a dismissing song. God bless you all until we meet again. Amen. Amen.